In the holy name of Jesus, amen. The first rule of a dysfunctional family is never say what's on your mind. And it would be hard to find a family that is more dysfunctional than this one. Grandpa was Herod the Great, king of the Jews when Jesus was born. He was a mean man and suspicious and unfaithful who once murdered all the baby boys in Bethlehem, as well as at least one of his ten wives and three of his boys and all sorts of relatives and friends. His mentor Caesar Augustus once said, I would rather be Herod's pig than Herod's son. But since Herod the Great was successful, he built towers and temples and theaters and harbors and fortresses. And he did his best to make his Jewish citizens good Roman citizens too. And most of all, because he could feel which way the political winds were blowing. While lots of others felt the twist of the knife, he lived a long and refined life. What was on his mind? Herod the Great didn't have to tell us. In the end, we knew just by watching him. One of the sons who survived, Herod Antipas, is the king in the story for today. He only got a quarter of his old man's kingdom, but he got all of his old man's savvy. What's on his mind? We know by watching him. This birthday party was an ancient version of a men's club, a horrible and chaotic mix of lust and money and wine and power and politics. The dancer is his stepdaughter. That's creepy. And his wife is really his brother's wife. He went to visit one time on vacation, and he liked her, and he brought her home. Herod was stronger, so he stole her. Like his father, Herod had the notion that anything can be had. Towers and temples and theaters and harbors and fortresses, and even a person if the price is right. After that performance, Herod said to his stepdaughter, you can have anything you want, really. Anything you want, up to half of all I've got. She too had learned the lesson of this family, and so with her mother she said, I'll take John's head on a plate. Like his father before him, Herod and all his family had slipped into that long line of chaos that we have seen in demons and sickness and deformities and storms and frenzy and death ever since the first chapter of St. Mark's Gospel. And all along the way we have learned that whatever is deep down inside us can't really be kept quiet. Even if we don't say what is on our mind, it eventually comes out some other way for all to see. So the saddest line in the whole story may be the end of verse 20. Knowing that John the baptizer was a holy and righteous man, Herod kept John safe. Herod kept John safe until he didn't. 
And when he didn't, John's head got served up on a platter as a birthday present. That is a brutal story. And it would stay a brutal story if it didn't belong to Jesus. But it does. John the baptizer's story actually belonged to his younger cousin, Jesus of Nazareth. And as Pastor Nelson said so brilliantly in his sermon for the Eucharist last Thursday morning, when Jesus takes up our stories, your story or my story or John the baptizer's story, Jesus reinterprets our past. Jesus retells our stories in a way that gives us a future. Isn't that great? Once Jesus retells our story, we are no longer bound by our past, by what was stuffed down and hidden inside us and then one day suddenly came out, by the way we've sinned or the way that others have sinned against us. We go through life and we ding ourselves and we ding each other, but once Jesus retells our stories, we find that the world is bigger than a horrible birthday party or a horrible prison cell or even a horribly unjust death. Jesus knows what to do with our stories because his own story was the most painful story of all. Innocent and unjustly executed and on a cross and for the sins of others. But miraculously, Jesus survived that, retelling his own story by rising from the dead, and today retelling your story by giving you his own death and resurrection as a gift by way of his physical touch, forgiving you so you never face the hell that he faced and blessing you so you can leave here today like all those other people Jesus met in St. Mark's Gospel and have a life again of meaning and hope. That is how the kingdom of God works. It has been there in every chapter of this gospel as a calm and clear and strong Jesus comes to the chaos of life with purpose and with gravitas. To a man with a demon and a woman with a fever, a lame man, a bleeding woman, a man with a withered hand, a frenzied crowd, a terrible storm, a dead child, and now a dead prophet. And the fix is always the same. It is Jesus himself. Jesus gives Jesus as the cure. It doesn't matter how he touches them, whether with a word or a sigh or the tap of his divine presence. The point is that he does touch them. And when he touches them, he heals them, and he extends the kingdom of God again today by another inch or two. In our lives, things don't always work out exactly how we want. They didn't work out the way John wanted, I am sure. John had been utterly faithful, and John didn't want to die that way. But John spoke truth to power. And that almost always ends badly for a prophet. 
Still, it wasn't deep down in him to capitulate, only the truth was in him, and so since he was utterly functional, he said what was on his mind until he lost his head. I am sure that Jesus grieved his death terribly. As the Psalms say, his loved ones are precious to him and he does not lightly let them die. But in the end, John served well, and Jesus once said of him, he was the greatest man ever born. That's how Jesus retells John's story. Not as a victim, but as the greatest man ever born. As one who trusted himself to the one who judges justly. In the end, with a word and with a sigh and with a divine presence, with his physical touch given to all of you in baptism and absolution and supper, Jesus is retelling your story too. Extending the kingdom of God here person by person and inch by inch by touching and forgiving and fixing and curing and healing you. Jesus is here again today reinterpreting your past and retelling your story in a way that gives you a future as his calm displaces your chaos. And next week you can come back to hear about the feeding of the 5,000 and see what a party really looks like. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.